When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're here. We're tardy for it, but we're here. Okay, it's summer, and things happen. You got things you got to do. I got things I got to do. You had an anniversary you had to celebrate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it slide. Bo Roots here. I'm gonna let it slide that your anniversary is this year five. I think it's five. Five, five. five. So five. Year five. Fifth anniversary with your wife. You guys were off celebrating. So we couldn't pod and react right away to the yeah. to the release of the schedule for Nebraska and the Big Ten in general that I think went down Friday on maybe thir- on Thursday or Friday yeah. on Thursday or Friday. So there's a lot to react to. You, we've I always enjoy doing these things. I was going to do this by myself, but I was like, no, I'm waiting until Bo. I'm yes. waiting for Bo. I'm I glad wanna do, I, I, I want to do talk to you about Bo. this too. Pop quiz though. Did you know this is my wife? Of course, knows this, and I didn't. Uh, she gave me a gift uh, that revolved around. Do you know what the the uh, five-year uh, symbolism for, like, you're supposed to get for an anniversary is. No. You know, like... I didn't even know, I didn't even know this was well, a thing. Well, it's like a... There's like a silver is 25, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 50 yeah. is gold. Right. Five is apparently wood. Really? <laughs> so you're supposed to give somebody a wood gift. I didn't know that I didn't get her a dang wood gift, so... Did she get you a wood gift? She got me a wood gift. Oh, God. What'd you get, like, a, a, a Louisville Slugger baseball bat? Like- uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> People talk shit. People talk shit. No, uh, she gave me a wooden bookmark, which I was like, I like it. Wow. Super thin, though. So. Right. But, like, you know, things that guys don't know. Right. Not many people probably know, but no, especially I, I guys don't, don't wood. know that. Wood. wood. It's the wood anniversary. When's the gold? When's the gold? I think gold's 50. Okay. Right? Isn't gold 50? That makes sense. Silver's 25. So you start saving up for that 50th. I'm getting her and then, gold. And then get it, just get her straight up gold on it. I like that. You know, Courtney. That's why she's great. She's yeah. locked in on stuff like that. That's that's great. I. By the way, Mava got my. She got Kim a bookmark. She made it at school because Kim's in book club with your wife and a couple of our other. Oh, yeah. But Kim's in eat like an audio book, you know. And so we didn't. What minor details? What Mava doesn't know doesn't hurt her. It was yeah. the thought that counts, but. I'm not an audiobook guy, but Okay, that's this is this is one that I actually I have a bit of a critique on. Does it count as much to do an audiobook as reading a real book? I don't think it does. I think the people that tell me it does, I don't want to I just I gotta be like, I don't think it's the same thing. It's not your what's I'm trying to think of what this would be. Like it's not an active you it's not an engaged active action. You can passively you, you can passively listen to a book. Yeah. Not that you don't understand and can't take in what's going on. I just think it's easier to kind of ignore it. Yes. Well, when she when Kim, I can tell when she's she's doing stuff around the house, like cleaning stuff up or whatever and she's got her like AirPods in and she's, you know, you can't read a book and do the dishes. No, you you can't. I mean, you can read a book and forget what you're reading. That happens sure. sometimes. We all do it. But then you usually go back and you have to, oh, i got to read it again because I did. Right. I missed that. I was right. spacing off. I think when you're doing the audio, I just think there's way more chances that you're like, 
you're you're missing bigger parts just, of it because you're just like I like I'm 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 gonna give points you know like great points job, for sure you know, yeah, but points but for sure the, let's be honest sitting down holding a physical book and reading a physical book feels I'd have to imagine that's a it's it feels like a more rewarding task. I do think you get more out of it. I people that say that it's the same, I don't believe. I think there's something different you get when you read it. I and agree. You, the words go into your brain somewhere. It's I a agree. whole nother level. Well, Borood Library member, uh, no, is he's not he's not going that route. Big fan of the you're, library. You're not going that route. <laughs> uh, are you ready to talk about the Big Ten flex protect schedule? Yes. I, love, I mean. First of all, Flex Protect sounds like a, an extended warranty that you would get, like as you're buying a car. You know, like Flex Protect is the new commissioner, a former like insurance salesman. I mean, he seems like we got it. the Flex Protect, Flex, Flex Protect Plus, Flex Protect 2.0. Like, it's, it's, what happens if there's a lightning storm? The first game of man's tenure, insurance. Yes. <laughs> Where was that? When maybe Nebraska needed Flex Protect when Akron came to town. Goodness gracious. But so, okay, so the Flex Protect Plus model, I'm just reading from the release here, just so, you know, it gives like a clear, concise, features a combination of protected opponents and rotating opponents for universities. Each member institution will continue to play nine conference games per season, and then teams will play every other conference opponent at least twice, once home and once away, in a four-year period. The conference schedules will include 11 protected matchups that will continue to be played annually and feature a combination of historic and geographic rivalries as well as trophy games. So... We'll get into Nebraska's flex, you know, their protected rivalry game. But I guess, you know, it's hard. All of a sudden now, what, you're at 16 teams with USC and UCLA. Um, I'm a division guy. I like divisions. I yeah. like conferences, like, or, or whether it's a conference where you're talking about the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, the NBA, yeah. like almost every other sport, how they kind of crown champions. They do a lot. NFL has divisions. NBA has divisions. Major League Baseball has divisions. I like divisions, but unless there is true balance of who you play, like I don't. I, I guess the consistency of a division just fits my brain better. But the hard part is when you look at the East and West divisions over the last handful of years, there was there was not balance there because almost every single year, the two and sometimes three best teams in the conference were in the East division. Yeah, so. I don't know how you – and now you bring in USC and UCLA, and unless you're doing when, – when you stop doing geographic divisions, like based it on geography, yeah. now you're guessing, and I, that gets to be hard. So I don't – I guess so I say all that to say I don't know – I wish there were divisions, but I don't know what the answer would be in that regard. I, I would say my, my gut take on this, right? My gut feeling about it is um, I understand what they're doing. Yeah. I understand, like – the reasoning, the parody, the fairness of it, right? There's a, this is more fair, unquestionably, probably more fair to do it this way. Everybody plays everybody twice in a two year, two yeah. year span, home and away, right? Like we we've had like a bad run of like kind of like bad schedules, the crossover games, unfair of it, yeah. schedules. Un, it was a little bit unfair almost, right? But I would say that I lean towards I don't like sort of random the randomness of and the the everybody plays everybody i am a division guy i like to to make the pool smaller of like 
who who do we play most often yes. and the rivalries get more developed that way like I, I prefer that like yeah the western conference for too many years and in, in nba have just been that much better than the eastern conference mm-hmm. for a lot of years but you know what like i guess i just don't care i don't care that it's not fair to you know denver probably could have made it to uh, a finals before if there wasn't golden state and there right. wasn't you know the lakers and there yeah. were but like I would rather have a great Western Conference and just a great Finals, and I think that to me is like it is. Maybe it's how our mind works. Yeah. Maybe it's it's dated. I just like it better. Uh, my preference is conferences. My preference is I want the not one game that's every year. I want seven, or six or seven games that are every year, I, and one that's variable. Yes, and so that's where I'm just like you're taking once again. You're it's like. Having no conferences, then that, that's a, right. The, only, like, the point of having a conference is playing, playing opponents every year. And and while to a certain extent, they're they're. Tr- I mean, the Big Ten is doing the best they can with this situation to see that happen. But at the end of the day, that's not happening. No. And you're going to have an inbound, and this was already the case to a certain extent because of how the two divisions were and with the crossover games and all that sort of thing. You know, like Wisconsin would win the West and they didn't play the same opponents that Michigan did exactly, you know? So, but I just prefer two divisions. You got to win your division to get to, to play for a conference championship. It just feels, it just will be interesting what this feels like when we get rolling, when we, because what, what what's here's what we're staring down the barrel of and the the commissioner even said it on Big 10 network that there's like a chance what we're staring down the barrel of is a potential Michigan Ohio State playing in back-to-back weekends at the end of every year that's a big mistake to me like it it takes here's what that does also that game which is one of the historic games in all of sports it makes the original game less important yes than it does the game after it. Then the game after it, which would be the Big Ten championship game, yeah. becomes more important. Like, why? Like, I think that's one that they they are trying, like, they're trying to be perfect instead of just being really good. Like, be good at what we do versus trying to make everything perfect and potentially ruining what we've got. And to me, even just, like, saying this stuff out loud, like, you just said, I go, man, I just don't like that now that I'm I know. saying well, it. Here's the problem is... is it's easy for us to sit here and say we don't like it. It's hard for me to sit here and say, do this instead. I'm not totally sure what the answer is. I don't know if you add USC and UCLA to the Big Ten West, West and then that's slide my, that's my, more to the East and just live with it. I think when you look at, uh, you know, because right now Indiana is East. The fir- yeah. Purdue is West. Illinois is West. I mean, Illinois, Purdue, uh Northwestern between those three. I mean, you're looking at like you're looking at that like you know that Illinois mm-hmm. region. To me, that those are the ones that go. I think Wisconsin's got to stay west. Right. Wisconsin's got to stay west. Uh, obviously, Minnesota, Iowa, those are staying. But between those three, if we're adding, if we're adding uh, USC and UCLA, which would make the West better. Yeah. I mean, USC makes the West much better. That keeps. It keeps Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, Penn State all in, on the Big Ten East. And mm-hmm. I just think, God, you know, figure out between 
Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern. How you want to separate move to, those? Move to, move to, and we're fine. Like we're doing good. That that would have been if you, if you had to hold my feet to the fire and say what's your solution. That would have been my solution. Just add USC and UCLA to the West, and then pick two teams. Yeah, that are the furthest east. That makes sense. That that because you don't want it to be Wisconsin because now now we're, the balance isn't good. Uh, no, and I think let's. I mean, let's see here because I think the. I mean, even if we're looking at like these protected games, uh, I'm just looking at Illinois. Indiana Purdue has a protected game. Illinois Purdue has a protected game, right? So yeah. Illinois North Northwestern, right? So like, um, I'm looking at Illinois and Purdue as being probably the two. They have to play each other um, anyway. It's like just slide one yeah, yeah. I, or illinois versus northwestern i mean it, you, you name which one of those you think's the more important game put both of them together you know in the east that, that would be my solution. so that was my first i just wanted to kind of get into the general we'll get into the nebraska part of it now but like in general i'm a divisions guy it works with my brain better i like the spirit of it almost every other major sport does divisions you know yeah. and and that's how it how it operates and sometimes they're in balance sometimes the nfc's loaded and the afc isn't or vice versa or sometimes the al is better than the nf like that's just kind of how it goes and it has a way of balancing itself out you know it, yeah and- to me it's like if 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 it's not marsh madness where it's like hey this is a tournament right if this is a tournament right this is where like the nca playoff is now a tournament like okay like that's fine, right? Then it's just you make it, you're in, play whoever, right? But like the the idea of these divisions is that we're not having a super conference, and the more that we do this, it's like, well, then let's just do a super conference with everybody else, like because you're taking away the rivalries of like seeing people every yeah, year. The original the Big part. Ten was like there was ten teams and you played eight every yeah, year, right? You know the Big Eight. The Big Twelve, yeah. like you played the same six to eight every year, like that is the idea and the rivalries, the traditions, the fans. They go, here's where I go every, you know, every chance I can go to Kansas or every chance I can go to Oklahoma or I can go to now Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You gotta start building in the traditions instead of just like making it always just more teams and more variants yeah. or something. I and so. So Nebraska's had one protected rival. Some teams had as many. I think Iowa had three. Iowa, you know, Iowa's got Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And so Iowa's Nebraska's one protected rival is Iowa. Now Trev was on the radio. Trev said they submitted their three top three choices for their protected rival were Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, but they only got Iowa. I'd love to know how all that is. This like Tinder, and you got Matt like. Minnesota didn't swipe right on Nebraska, but I and Iowa did. I find I, it hard that Iowa gets three and we get one. Uh, this is weird because I, Trev, Trev, did you hear real quick? Trev used the word that there was some gamesmanship to describe why it didn't work out for them to get all three. Gamesmanship. I'd love to hear him elaborate on what gamesmanship means. To me, to me, happened. I think the first thing that has to happen is like. Okay, what's obvious? What are the games that like not only uh, the schools agree upon that they have to have, but like the fan bases and the history. Right. If history says, you know, Michigan, Ohio State are playing, or have to play. Obvious, right? Um, if you know, 
Michigan always has to play Michigan State too, which it's an in-state rivalry. I would concede, yeah, Michigan should probably have two. But like once you start going past like, well, who else does Michigan have to play and it's not obvious, then maybe we just say you don't get more than two until everybody else has gotten their two. See, and here's what's hard is I think what what people – because one of Iowa's protected games, if I'm not mistaken, was Minnesota. But I think that – you know, is that the – that, Nobody that's one of the trophy, that, but, but that's no. one of the trophy games that I don't think of that as a rivalry, but maybe to the fan bases because we're not part of it. They have 50 years of playing Minnesota, and so it means more to them yeah. something that we can't quite understand. But what if one team has a trophy for every you know, like, but that's the thing. That's just, the thing. It's like you, you can't have a trophy for every game. And I that didn't means you're like special. the idea. I one of the things I initially didn't like about this was that there were like one team could have one protected game and another team could have three protected games. I didn't like the, to me, it almost should have been everybody gets one or everybody gets two or like something to try to keep it as, as balanced as possible. Or you keep your divisions how you want them to be like, you know, like that protects the games and you know, like, because I don't know, because here's the reality is Bo for, for, for Nebraska now. With them only having Iowa as their protected rival, having fewer locked-in games, there's going to be a greater chance that the schedule makers put Nebraska against the top teams because Nebraska is still a really good television draw. And so when the schedule makers, at the end of the day, as we found out, one thing that's been the true power players in college football are Fox and ESPN. Those are the people that are controlling everything. And so what I think is going to end up happening is by Nebraska only having one locked-in rival, they're going to see USC, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State more often than, say, Iowa will because they already have three locked-in games. Yeah. It just, you know, it becomes a, a availability-type thing, you know? Yes, and like you said, Nebraska, um, if they're up – I feel like if they're up, their schedule will be managed better. If they're down, then they're like, I feel like Nebraska is the kind of raw meat that like uh, a Big Ten and a Fox would be like, oh, well, yeah, let's, you know, if we got that slot and there's Ohio State, throw, I mean, throw Nebraska against them. I mean, I, I feel like when we, they redid that schedule in, tw- in during COVID, was that the 21 year? 20, yeah, 2021. Yeah, it would have been the 21 season. 21 think, or, season. Yeah. And they started, we weren't supposed to play Ohio State until the end of the year, and then they played it opening game and it torpedoed our season i felt like because we yeah. got you know we, we we come out instead of getting a win versus a team we felt like we could beat um not that we would have it's like no. you just start out like oh there's another loss to start the year you know like yeah we had to start with ohio state when we weren't originally supposed to because you gotta say nebraska is still a tv draw yes. we we have all these crazy loyal fans that are all around the country it's both. it's just I, I can't tell you like working for my company when Nebraska's on, I always get that start of the year game. Everybody starts texting me. Yeah. And the, it's always Nebraska losing. I'm like, God, you know, it yeah. kills me. But they always are watching these first couple games of the year where Nebraska's on. They're not Nebraska fans, but they're just like, they're yeah. known. They're still that known quantity for people 30 and 40 years old. Well, it, it, there's a reason that college game day came. There's a reason that Big Noon kickoff came last you know for two straight yeah. years or not both Oklahoma games um there there's now could be coach prime but don't don't kid yourself I mean big noon's coming to Colorado Nebraska yeah you know like it it 
it's still a huge TV draw. So that's the one thing that I, I was thinking about of like, okay, with only one locked-in opponent and three non-con games, you have eight open dates. Iowa, for example, only has six because they got mm-hmm. three non-con games and three locked-in games. Yep. They have – you know, it's just, so just by nature of availability, Nebraska's more available, and Nebraska's a big television draw. So I just think what, what you're ultimately going to see is Nebraska get the murderer's row schedule that they're getting in 2025 that we'll get into in a little bit. But, oh, by the way, Nebraska – so – in 2025, just to, we'll get to this in a second, but the Nebraska is playing US, UCLA, USC, Michigan, and Ohio State. Nebraska is the, I thought this was the case, and I was starting to research it, and I, someone did the research for me. Nebraska is the only team in the Big Ten to has, that has to face Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and UCLA in the same season. So, that, but I, I just think you're going to see more of that, uh, which, which is, you know, uh, it's just interesting. Um, are you okay? I, if I had to pick the one team that was the locked-in rival, I would have picked Iowa. I yes. think, I, I, yes. As much as I, I, I think you want it to be Wisconsin, but there's not, there's not that like there's real like there's beef there. There's beef between Iowa and Nebraska. There's not re- there's there's history and a connection between Wisconsin and Nebraska, but I don't know if there's real beef. There is beef between Iowa and Nebraska now. Yeah, there's beef now. Wisconsin has just gotten the better of us so much, right? But there. The reason, like, I always feel like they're a copycat of Nebraska because they have Alvarez, who, like, tried to be like Nebraska. They never could fully be like old-school right. Nebraska, but they've, like, bested Nebraska since they've been playing them for the most part. So I feel like the beef uh, is a little bit more on our side than theirs, but, like, that could change if we start giving it to them. Right. And I think it could change now because Alvarez isn't involved with Wisconsin yeah. now. And, like, they're they're redoing their whole identity. So I think things could also change now even yeah. even. And Minnesota more. has heated up. I would say Minnesota, yeah. uh, it's obviously, it, it's like, it's, it's one of the closest, like, most relatable to us, I think, because it's like, totally. you know, Midwest Great Plains, you know, type of, uh, you know, geography. Yeah. But, um, but like I said, PJ Flex done a really good job the last couple of years against us. And I think we're starting to heat up where if we were kind of dismissive of Minnesota to a degree, we are not anymore. Right. Uh, and that, that rivalry could that would have been, take off more. I agree. And it's so, it's, but that, that's another reason it's like kind of sad that Nebraska's not going to play them every year. Yep. Now that, that, that puts a damper on it. So. Before we get into the schedules, uh, Chattel had an interesting column on Sunday with some quotes from Trev Alberts that I wanted to kind of un- unpack and get your thoughts on because Trev hinted at potentially rethinking non-conference scheduling with how tough the conference slate is now with the addition of USC and UCLA. I'm just going to read from the story and then I want to kind of get into it. This is from uh, the Omaha World Herald Sunday column from, from Chattel. This is a quote, starts with a quote from Trev Albert. It says, quote, the reality is you play in the Big Ten Conference and you add USC and UCLA. There is nobody's schedule that you look at and go, oh, wow, this is easy. Now, I will say you have to have some common sense. If we're going to play this kind of conference schedule, you have to have some rules about non-conference. There's some long contracts that we have inherited. Quote, part of the problem is knowing what the college football playoff is going to look like. What's going to be emphasized? 
There are future non-conference games scheduled against power conference teams, Colorado this in 23 and 24, Tennessee in 26, 27, Arizona in 28 and 31, Oklahoma in 2029 and 30, and Oklahoma State in 2034 and 2035. So I think what Trev is maybe hinting at here is like, hey, man, if the SEC is sticking with eight conference games, which by, they are, by the way, they are right yeah. now, and we're playing nine conference games, and we've added two really good opponents with more looming conference expansions of Notre Dame or different people coming down the pike. There's a chance that Trev is saying, hey, we need to we need to maybe rethink our non-con schedule and maybe not play a power, maybe play three group of five teams instead of playing one good marquee non-con game. I, What's hard is like those kind of contracts, if we're like into the mid-2030s, like are there ways out of it? Like, I mean, I'm sure there are, um, but I think with the changing landscape, it's hard not to think like if the goal is to get in the college football playoff, like you're making it really hard by basically making it 10 freaking hard games a yeah. year now. Cause the big 10 is that good. So I, I don't know. I, I always feel like, I mean, the idea of, yeah, it'd be, it's amazing to throw in an Oklahoma and a Tennessee, See, but, that's what's, but yeah. like, it's like, we're also like, I, I do understand. Like we're trying to win. We're trying to win and get two places and stacking the deck against yourself is kind of like, I mean, there's a reason why Nebraska won a lot of games is because they, you know, they would have a non-con, one tough non-con, but like, it was like, you also knew you had Iowa State, Kansas, uh, yeah. you know, these teams that were like, like you knew Kansas State for a lot of years, you were just going to run over those teams. Uh, and then it was like, yeah, you had to deal with Oklahoma and maybe Okie State was good, but maybe they weren't. You know, it's like we had the big eight. We just... We knew how to win the Big Eight for 30 years, right? And the Big 12, a little bit more of the same. But, like, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you start adding too many of these good teams, it's like it doesn't make as much sense to do the non-conferences really hard. But here's the thing that – because I agree with that, but I also want to do this. And this is going to be hard to do, and this is very, like, idealistic of me and all that. But to me, with the expanded playoff coming in 24 – this gives college football a chance to kind of reset everything. Where for the longest time, college football, and this is a part of what makes it unique and good, but college football is kind of basically the only sport that is totally paralyzed by a loss. Yeah. Every other sport, like in the NFL, and I get it's the NFL, but for the longest time, like if you went nine and seven, you were like, had a decent year. Like, yeah, yeah you pretty good. Like, not bad, right? In the NBA, you can go now again. This is eighty-two game. You can go forty-five and thirty-seven and be like that. That team was pretty good, yeah. you know, <laughs> and be viewed favorably. College football is good where it has the urgency of every week. You either got to perform, or you're like your your hopes of winning a title can end in one week. But I, I also kind of want to reshift that, like. Because what's hard is, as we're sitting here going like, boy, I don't know, I think they should maybe get out of that Tennessee series in 26-27. No, I think we'd all, we all lose when that's the case. Being, yeah. As a player, you want to play Tennessee. As a fan, I want to watch Nebraska play Tennessee. I'm not as excited about Louisiana Monroe coming to town. I'm more excited about Tennessee coming to town. Yeah. But So what's hard is everybody wins in that scenario if we just shift 
how we view like an eight and four team playing like, hey, that eight and four team that played ten or eleven really good opponents. Yeah. We feel good about that team getting into the playoff and winning a national title instead of having to be thirteen and zero and perfect and unblemished. Is that, that you see what I'm saying? I, I do. I see what you're saying, but see that to me makes like the conferences irrelevant almost. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that is the path towards conference irrelevance versus like you have to win your conference to get into the show. Well, there are there, there's going to be four automatic bids that are conference champs. Yeah, and then but there's so, going to but then there's going to be what there's going to be the, how many? There's, yeah, there's there's, there's at large bids, and then there's there's a should be a spot. I think there's a spot reserved for a group of five. I'd have to double check that. Shame on me for not knowing. But there's going uh, yeah, to it's be. Yeah, like, it slipped my brain. It's, it's going to be it's going to be eight, right? Eight, eight teams now. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, I might have said twelve. Uh, but no, right. The but expanded anyway, playoff. Yeah. The the more that the playoff expands, like the more like. I guess it leads towards that. It, it matters less. It's like, yeah, we'll eyeball it. And yeah, obviously the conference champions get in, but then we're going to throw in the really good, like, and maybe that's what people want. I guess for me, I always like it where like it puts more pressure on to win the conference and it doesn't give you the buy of like, well, I lost the conference, but now I'm going to go run the table. Like, so maybe like I do skew towards like, I want like maybe it, it, it leaves more chance for some, like for something, a miracle to happen or something, you know, like yeah. if it's like the best team always has to win, I kind of go, no, I just want the team that's playing the best sometimes to win. And like, that might mean that like Alabama's the best team every year and they have two off weeks and that costs them the sec. And so some other team gets a chance to win. I'm like, I think I like that better versus like, just the talented teams are always going to get the second chance. I kind of don't like that in yeah. a weird way. I mean, that, what you're describing is what has made college football special. What makes it special is the urgency of every yeah. week. Every week, like when you're for for the for the most part, Ohio State, Michigan, Bama, Georgia, these schools, like any week, it could all come crumbling down. And it needs that. That's what I think. Those. Otherwise, those it's always. I mean, right now it seemingly is those four schools are the only ones that have a chance to win right now. But like, we need to find a way to make that less possible. And to me, it's like giving those teams more opportunities. Uh, I feel like is a bad. It's a bad way to like bring parity or something, right? Yeah, but I don't I, know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, you're, what you're saying is like, well, too I, I think, much hinges on one loss. But it's also like to me is like that's the only way you get in Alabama out is they need like the circumstances where they lose. And then somebody else sneaks into the, I, I also think SEC. I, I, I also think of what I'm getting at. Cause we went to, and this is like, I took it there. We went to the top of the totem pole with our conversation. I also think there's an element of the, the middle of the, even the teams that don't make the playoff. I think Dirk, I don't have the tweet in front of me. Dirk had a, had a tweet along these lines and you know, he wanted more aggressive, not he wanted better non-conference matchups because his point was like, listen, if you go three and zero and you play three shit teams in the non-con and then you yeah. go three and six in your league and you go to a bowl game like his whole comment yeah. was like, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I you're saying. like because we've also we also need to make I mean, I have never been a bowl game guy. You you're you. Enjoy, I don't want like you love the Alamo Bowl and you enjoyed all your bowl game experiences. For me, as like an outsider, like I've 
I've bowl games to me outside of a couple have just always been, I don't, yeah. they're not my thing, but we've also, we need to do away with this war. Like there's these, this sixth win. Now it's like, if you get to six or above, it's like, nah, that's pretty good. It's like, well, yeah. there's ways to massage your way to get to six wins where are you really that good? Or did you schedule your way to six wins? Like, but, but and I think that's what we're talking about is old college football versus new college football and the more emphasis on the playoffs like, may, like maybe you're right like that's where um or, or like you know like maybe they need to like the weight of schedule needs to be factored into things way more that's what i'm hoping i think i think what what that's what trev's comment of saying part of the problem is knowing what the college football playoff is going to look like what's going to be emphasized i guess maybe what i'm really saying is like i do want to see a world where the committee, when they're dealing with an at-large team, they're going to view a, you know, a team that is eight and four, but played like two really tough non-con games, including one on the road against a Power Five team, like yeah. that, and played ten Power Conference opponents or eleven in this case or whatever it is. They view that and and weigh that into consideration to a positive over a team that played three roast beef states and only eight conference games, and they only played eight power conference opponents. Because there was a stat mm. that Scott Docterman looked up in The Athletic that next year only two of the 14 SEC teams are going to play at least 10 power conference opponents. 13 of the 14 Big Ten teams are playing at least 10 power conference opponents. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think what's hard though is like once we start talking about three and four losses though, to me it's like it's like that is that's that's the hard one for me. Like I, I can obviously one loss, I think you absolutely like that's like that shouldn't weigh the, the committee too much. Two losses though, um, if there's teams with one and zero losses, it gets a lot harder. I think it gets a lot harder to um to make that argument because I do think there needs to be, if we're going to do this thing called conferences, I think you, it's gotta be way more emphasis on the winning the conferences, which there's the automatic bids, but then it's like, you've got to be, it's gotta be like a one loss situation. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause it, it's hard. I mean, it's unless they like figure out a way to object to the most objective way possible, weight these schedules. But like, it's just it. I don't know how you can do that fairly. You know, like that's what I don't. But I that's don't where know. I do think there should be like we need a commissioner to like there should be universal scheduling parameters where everybody has to play the a similar schedule. There you go. So that's the so, part that. So that that but until then, like a way to do that is for the committee to reward. You need to incent right now. If you're the SEC, why would you play? Why they're sitting there going, we get we run college football. That's it. We we get to play only eight conference games. We also, oh by the way, we get to play an FCS school in the middle of November. Yep. So when when the when the the season is at its peak of physical toll on you and pressure, they get to step out and play Mercer. Yeah, we 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 get Michigan and they get Mercer. They get Mercer. Yeah. And so what so what I'm saying is I want the college football playoff to send messages like no SEC you need to like we are going to view a uh a 9 and 3 Michigan over an 11 and 1 Auburn because 
Michigan played 10 power conference opponents. You only played eight or nine, and they played one road non-con game at, you know, whatever, at Oklahoma well, or Texas. May, and- yeah, maybe it's like you can like maybe the degree of schedule difficulty, like like you can't even get into the play the playoff unless you meet a criteria for like schedule difficulty, right? Like uh, yes. maybe it's like, you know, like instead of like an automatic bid disc, if you win the conference, like, okay, maybe that should happen. Except if you don't have, you didn't it, meet the criteria it, yeah, of if, you it, didn't play a not your non-con. You didn't play a power conference team or you, yeah, like, you whatever. You I, had to play a good enough. To, if you have a super easy, con, I mean, even like the big 12, like if the big 12 is like way down and you have like no difficult non-con, like maybe that doesn't give you, get you over the threshold of like your schedule wasn't difficult enough that like that we now can open it up to, do we take three from the from the big the SEC or the Big Ten? Like you know I, what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like maybe that is a way to do it. Where if you meet the threshold, you get the automatic bid. If you don't, like then Something. we defer. I, I, I think I just I'm hoping with see what's hard is there's the expanded playoff, but it feels like conference realignment isn't the dust. Like there's still going to be more changes, so it's hard to really set the parameters of what you want this thing to look like until truly. All the dominoes have fallen. Yeah. But I just, I guess for me, I see this expanded playoff and the disintegrations of conferences where it's like, it's just kind of, you know, what does a conference even mean anymore? I just, I think there's an opportunity for college football to improve itself by resetting these kinds of things that we're talking about. Scheduling mandates, how, how many, everybody has to play the same amount of power conference opponents. Everybody has to play. You're, there are no more FCS opponents or whatever. We need to get into into yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I think but, maybe there's going to come a day when like pretty much the super conference happens. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think the super conference is going to happen, and then the strength of schedule is going to be infinitely more important right. because you can you can be um, it's going to be more fluid with what you can like what you're capable of scheduling because right now like if you're in the Big Twelve or in your like in the what the AAC or one of these kind of like you're playing. You know, like you're, you know, if you're Florida Atlantic, like you're playing, you're, you should, you'll have no shot, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're in one of these other conferences, like, you know, these super conferences, then it just, you know, it, it's the like, opportunities afford them. The opportunities you know, will be there for yeah. every single team in the super conference. Right. So, we'll, so uh, it's going to trend towards that, I think. Oh, that's where I think we're going. But it's just interesting to hear, you know, Trev allude to that. But then I just think sometimes it's weird. We live in this world. I was joking with Schick when we recorded, like, Schick, Trev should have requested, like, yeah, for our protected games, we want Indiana, Rutgers. You know, like, oh, yeah. it's this weird thing where, like, you – isn't it weird how we want Nebraska not to have a tough schedule? We being the media or fans or whatever lens you want to view that through. You want Nebraska not to have a tough schedule, but then when you're what game are you more excited to watch? When Indiana comes to town or when Michigan comes to town? Or are you more excited for Northern Illinois coming to town or Ohio State coming to town? So for it's sure. it's just kind of what we want out of this thing we call Nebraska football and college football. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm just so in at the point where I want us to, to just win yeah, need, versus right. anyone that I want the easier games until we can take the tougher sure, games. Like sure. to me, I like the idea of getting it, it. The easiest way to start winning six, seven, eight, nine games or whatever. Like once we get there, then we start saying, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we played Oklahoma again? Right. And you know, you know, 50, 60 year anniversary, all that stuff. That stuff's funner when we're up. 
when we're down and we're getting our butts kicked, it's well, less that's what makes the like, 2025 schedule like, ooh, oh, you know, yeah. just you don't know what they are. Real quick, let's go through the 24 and 25 schedules, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. So the 2024 schedule for Nebraska, not near as daunting as 2025. So here's Nebraska's road opponents for 24 at Iowa, at Northwestern, at Penn State, at Purdue, at UCLA. I mean, not in, going to Iowa, to Penn State, to UCLA, not those are tough roadies. Your home slate, Indiana at home, Michigan State at home, Minnesota at home, Wisconsin at home. So not a not a brutal schedule there. That that but home that's not the Big Ten's good enough. It doesn't feel easy either. No, right. Like it, even the easier com- side. Like we're gonna get to this in a second. It's only comparatively looks easy. Being at UCLA, at Iowa, at Purdue, at Penn State, like that's brutal. not a great, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Minnesota at home, like that's a that's not a. It's yeah. not like no. easy. It's just like it's the Big Ten's gotten harder. It's gotten right. really good. Right, 25, 2025. When you, I mean, when I looked at this, I was like, oh my god. Road games at Maryland, at Minnesota, at Ohio State, at USC. You could make a case the two best teams in the conference are USC and Ohio State. Nebraska going to both of them. Uh, home games: Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, UCLA. That's right, folks. Nebraska is going to play UCLA, USC, Michigan, and Ohio State all in the same year. Oh, by the way, I mean, even like a roadie at Minnesota is no joke. And then uh, our, our rivalry game, Iowa, Iowa is no Illinois joke. has been giving it to us. <laughs> and Nebraska that season at this point is still scheduled to play at Cincinnati in the non-con. And Cincinnati, at least now they lose Fickle, so who knows what will happen to them. But like Cincinnati just made the playoff a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. So that's a a a pretty tough I mean there's a world where Nebraska could be pretty good and go six and six yeah and I think this is you know when, when I heard USC and UCLA were going to join right um the Big Ten the thing that came in my mind was like you know one we have a history with both schools yes, right like we've sure. been playing UCLA since the 70s uh like we always find a way to work them in um and uh, in USC is a school that like I played twice uh, in the 2000s yeah. like and that was like those were those to us were big matchups obviously um, and so but then the secondly geography wise we're the closest USC and, and UCLA we're the farthest west team and now all of a sudden we're the, the first jumping off point so for scheduling if there's an opportunity uh, they're going to put us against USC and UCLA to give them a break. the most because it's the easiest for their travel schedule. It's funny you say that because one of the things that, you know, you you know, it's like, damn, USC and UCLA in the Big Ten, the travel is going to be crazy. But you then see it in a schedule and you're like, oh, my God, USC and UCLA's travel schedule like this. I'm looking at USC in 24. They have to go to Maryland, to Penn State in like in two out of the three weeks. They have to make. That is that is coast to coast, that pretty sucks. much. That sucks. That is brutal. I know for like Creighton, when they even have to go half, you know, they're at half. That's they're halfway closer, right? Yep. They're in the middle of the country. They're go half the distance, but they try to. I think they try to get favors from the Big East, where they'll have to play Seton Hall and Providence, and they'll stay out there. Yeah. And play Seton Hall on a Saturday and Providence on a Monday or something like that, so they don't have to come back and forth. So it's just. You knew it was going to be crazy, but man, that travel for for they, those two teams—that's. I'll say this: they joined the conference. We're doing them no favors with this with this flex schedule. Instead of instead of them playing Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? Like if that's the West, right? 
it's, okay, it's, they're coming. You know, they're taking that. You know, two three hour flight, right? right. It's two. You know, two three hours charter flight. Right. right. Nebraska's been doing not that great. when they go yeah, to the like, east. You know, not great. You only have to do you know a couple of those a year, right? right. You got your you know you got your you got your uh, you know four or five. Well, they'll games. play each other, and yeah. then they'll get their non con games. Or maybe and on they'll the have three. The, they'll yeah. have three homes, and they right. got UCLA. They always play UCLA, right? right. It makes sense. It, it just makes a lot more sense geography wise to me to keep it. You know, especially expanding like this, uh, getting that far west, keeping geography a little bit more sane. Right. And now it's like, you know, now we're going to spend more of our trips going to Rutgers, to Maryland, um, to Penn State. Like, it just puts more, it just, to me, it's just like, that's more like stress on travel and things versus just like making it simple. So I, I don't know. I, I've said my piece. I feel like no, I, 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 no, it's, I, I'm, it's, I, I don't want to be too anti-conference because I'm actually excited for some of these games. But oh, like, yeah. I, but I just don't know that it, it's working to our favor. The, the, we'll wrap it up with this. This is the last thing I wrote down in my notes. What's, what's tough is it's hard to get too worked up over any of this because it feels like more expansion is inevitable, which will lead to the schedule changing of the scheduling format again. Like yeah. there's a reason they only put out two years worth of a schedule here because I feel like in two years you have Notre Dame looming, you have some people talked about Florida State and Miami looming, like you know Florida State and Miami. Yeah, there's been some chatter there. I mean, well then it's like then it's like what's happening, you know? So yeah, so I guess here's one thing that like I I kind of this is where once you go USC and UCLA, um, I mean I guess you look already at Maryland and Rutgers, but like. The Midwest was unique in the sense of like it, it has its own style, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like now, even just talking about this, like we've lost the regionalness once we kind of throw in USC and UCLA. And then once you throw in Florida, it's like we're not the Midwest, we're not the Midwest thing anymore, right? You know, it's like yeah. we're not, right? And I think that, like, see, I think it's a mistake. I just think it's a mistake to get to keep letting this thing get too big and not keeping the uniqueness because the uniqueness of the big 10, the uniqueness of like the sec, the sec, like it's a different brand. If of you football. got Wisconsin, in the sec, it's like, you're not the sec anymore. Like the sec is like, like it's or Southern you put football. Iowa in the big 12. You're it's hard for the big 12. You know, I, big 12 is Texas schools throwing it 60 times a game. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, it just Nebraska's rare that kind of like was like the hybrid between the two, but like you want to keep the uniqueness. I think the the parody in the conferences is fun. And we're we're kind of starting it's starting to bleed into like So that's the thing that's just it but it doesn't it feel it feels like there's going to be another round of realignment and so whatever scheduling you know, there's going to be a flex protect 3.0 by the time this is all done. And so it's hard to get too worked up over any of this stuff because this feels like this was written in pencil, not pen, because yeah. there's going to be more teams eventually added to this thing. You know, like yeah. you would think, I would think at some point, you know, it could be Oregon, you know, some other pack, there could be Oregon, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, Washington, you know, those kinds of teams maybe joining in to keep some Western. And maybe then you could kind of cut it and do a West and an East to try to balance it out. I don't know. But, but then it's just like, you might as well just say, 
were now two super conferences like competing for TV rights, yeah. and then it will well, all much then it will all just be like, well, then it's like, was it the the live golf and PGA? Yeah, it's be, like, yeah, they like, were coming back together. It's like right, whatever. Right, it's like right, but that's where it feels like it's headed. So, uh, are we gonna go? We've we've had a little. T- text thread going about we going back to ucla when nebraska goes out there oh. we went out to the last one we maybe need to head back out there roosevelt hotel roosevelt hotel we'll we see to, you soon we seriously we maybe 2024 we, we, we i maybe think we need to start to talking to some people i think we might need to I go think we need to start talking to some people okay anything else with the schedule or have you said your piece and we're out this thing dog i said my piece man we out this thing dog a heard at sports network production <laughs>